though I am super upset because um, while the Alamo Draft House near me is playing RRR on Friday, mm-hmm. guess what time? Guess what time they're playing it at? Can I guess seven or eight at night? Nine fucking thirty. Nine thirty. Nine thirty p.m. They want you to get home at like one in the morning. And I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This three-hour movie that you legit have a 10-minute, 10-15 minute intermission. You're playing at 9.30 p.m.? Oof. That intermission's gonna take place at, like, fucking 11 at night. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, well, because I won't be watching it in theaters again. They they must be prepared for people who are gonna sleep in there. I heard. Well, we heard through Benning they got they do got comfortable seating. They do have comfy seating. Um, do they give and blankets? I uh, they don't give blankets. No, but I have stayed overnight at an Alamo. Um, I think I've really? told you guys this before. Oh for, yeah, they like- did. The Twin Peaks Marathon. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, yeah, they marathon season one and two all the way through. And so, yeah, it was like, I think 20, we ended up being there 25, 25 hours. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. Before, but 25 hours. So you were there, like, literally till the next day. Yeah. A little past when you got there the next day. Yeah. They gave out, like... I still have them somewhere, but, like, they gave out, like, certificates. It's like, you've made it halfway through. You found out who killed Laura Palmer. And, and then you, it's like... You stayed one. up for that entire amount of time? Yes. Damn, Benny. Yeah. What? And honestly, best way to experience um, really any David Lynch thing is a complete lack of sleep. Because then you're like, oh, this starts making sense. Um... <laughs> Welcome back to the Space Side Collective podcast, where once again we are regaled with the love of the Alamo Draw House by our by yes. super fan Benita Lavaria. Yes, we are not sponsored by them, but hey, Alamo, if you want to throw money our way, I will. Cor- I have corporate shield enough on this podcast to the point where I don't give a fuck anymore. Sponsor us. I would honestly love to be like sponsored by Alamo in any capacity. <laughs> Even yeah. though I have yet to go to one. Yo, same. Hey, Alamo, hook me up. Let me go to one. Like, <laughs> like hook your boys up. Like, what up? Like, everything everything is like about connections and who you know, right? Yeah. Like Hollywood. Like, I don't yep. know fucking body. Besides this, 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 this lovely individual right here, the Dame Malama writer, Christopher Ventura. Hey. How you doing, bro? I'm doing, you know. Doing work, uh, work be okay, and I had to do an adult thing and go to a sheriff's station today, so, you know. Mm. What? Nothing major, just getting the accident report for the... Uh, oh, shit, yeah. I mean, shoot. Sorry, I can't remember if we can cuss or not. Oh, no. Fuck. You can't cuss or not. What do you mean? 
Because we were all trying to do the whole YouTube thing eventually, and then I was like, oh yeah, don't we have, we can't cuss within like the first three minutes or some shit like that? We, we yeah, have, we're not on YouTube yet. Yeah, we're not on YouTube yet. Okay. I've yet to put a day together because Christian said it, and so I put a day together so we can actually, I can learn, do interfacing for video. So. But when that day comes, it's going to be great. Oh yeah. It's going to be Amazing. amazing. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, don't worry about you. You're 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 great. With not um, focusing and not trying to curse. It's me. Mm, okay. It, it it's because the thing is, like, cursing has just been ingrained into the way that we talk. Yeah. Absolutely. But I feel I mean, like y'all are better at it than I am. That's that's just because you know I I have to give a fuck. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was in the Navy, so. Think about it this way: it's a lot like code switching. It's just like you have to know when to turn it off. Mm, that's true. That is very true. We'll get to code switching. Yeah. I get bit. very um, mm-hmm. PGified at work, <laughs> where you know, if I want to be like, what? the fuck and you know i'm actually like what the flipping table is going on over there and they're like what and i'm like that's, that's fine that's very you're t- like that's very tjf of you. yeah it's like it's like how do you swear like a sailor on a rubber ducky boat I'm like <laughs> you fudge <laughs> all right here's one okay you you just made me revi- remember those uh duck tours in san diego where it's like it's the boat that has the wheels, but it can also go in the water and it's yeah. shaped like a duck. Yeah. Okay, here's one. All right, you All mother, you mother flabbing, you mother flabbing fudge packer. The fudge packer is a very interesting one to choose. <laughs> hmm. Like, what is it? What's the other one that a lot of people use for shit? Like, oh, sugar honey iced tea. Like, I feel like that takes way too long. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's good. I remember that one from RLTC. Yeah, <laughs> obviously the always faithful. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Uh, if you want to curse like a Christian, I hope you have the day you deserve. Oh, bless your heart. Oh, that's a that's a yeah. Damn, that's a roast. That's, yeah. <laughs> My grandmother, mm-hmm. called, my grandmother, before she passed, caught on when I am forcing myself not to curse. And if I'm saying "sir," talking to another person or "ma'am," she can hear the cadence of my voice, and she knows I'm I'm politely saying "fuck you" when I'm saying "yes, ma'am." Okay, ma'am. Yes, sir. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> I just remember her quietly like. Putting her hand on, my, on her hand on top of my hand. She's like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing and you better stop. <laughs> She's like, I get it. Because they're annoying me. Just, I was like, yes, grandma. Like, <laughs> it's nothing wrong with going like, yes, man. Like, in a very calm and polite voice. But, you know, your family knows you. Uh, but yep. we'll talk about code switching in a bit. Because I believe Benny has... A topic for us. Well, you know, tis the season since it's right around the corner. To be and 
we did technically record one last year, uh, but we never posted it um, because of a certain slap heard around the world. Uh, But we have a lovely topic of the Oscars today. Um, Oscars part two, if you will. Um, even though it technically didn't release a part one, it's fine. Oscars part two, everybody hates Chris. <laughs> Double entendre, okay. Awesome. Well played. Thank you. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, you know, just a general topic of the Oscars, maybe go into a little bit of history about them. Are they still relevant? Do they even fucking matter anymore? What is the point of them? And does anybody really care? I mean, okay, that's a very interesting like way to start off, I think. Just the fact that it's like, do people actually care? Because I feel like everybody that I've ever talked to, at least recently, whenever the Oscars is brought up, either they're immediately within the tone of like, yeah, I really don't care about the Oscars, but I get it. Yeah, sure. Or... Or they say, yeah, I totally care about the Oscars. Who's up for it this year, by the way? And they have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's, yep. that's the general consensus, yeah. Yeah, it's like, I, I haven't remembered anybody actually caring about the Oscars for years. I remember, like, growing up, my parents would be like, oh, the Oscars are on tonight. And it would be a thing that we would actually, like, try to watch. And eventually, it just got so watered down that it was just like, oh, yeah, they're on. You gonna watch? Maybe. So eventually, just like, hey, they're on. You gonna watch? Nom. I got some better to watch. Like, I, I literally don't know what the point of award shows is anymore. Because theoretically, the whole point was, like, to showcase the best of the best of the year, the outstanding, all that kind of stuff, specific achievements. Like, I understand people want to give themselves awards, but they were already made so, like, with such a flawed system that mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's just like, why Why do you continue the tradition of a broken system for no reason? Yeah. That is a question I ask the United States every day. To be fair, I feel the same about FIFA. <laughs> FIFA? Like, the Oscars seriously are like fucking FIFA, though. Uh, for real. Um, right down to the record. I used to... Um, I don't want to say love the Oscars, but, like, yeah, it was sort of an event. Like, me and my family would watch them growing up. Um, and then, of course, obviously, big fangirl Alamo used to. They're actually, they haven't posted anything this year for it, and I'm surprised. Um, but every year they would do a live stream of the Oscars, so you would pay, like, I don't know how much for a ticket, but it would include, like, champagne, and then you can order, like, from a special Oscars menu that See, they that would... <laughs> more worth it. Yeah, and so they would be like, hey, please come, like, in your, you know, finest outfit if you want. So, yeah, like, me and my friends would, like, get fucking dolled up. Nice. And then walk a red carpet there, because Alamo is as extra as I am. Um <laughs> And then, you know, they would let us talk throughout it because they're like, this is a live broadcast. Obviously, like, just be respectful of the people next to you. Don't be, like, super loud, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and so it's just, 
it was fun for me to watch to be like, ooh, you know, like, I feel that person shouldn't have won, or, like, this game, you know, just to kind of talk about it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the Oscars originally started as a marketing gimmick to get movies to make more money because then like they'd be like hey look at this cool award show and then they'd throw the films back in theaters so that people would be like oh this won an award obviously it's really good gotta go watch it um and so it just from day one has always been a marketing gimmick but i think recently and definitely within the last 10 years or so they've just don't have the prestige they used to i think just because like one everybody's you know from the oscars so white discourse which is still a thing so relevant um but also showcasing just how unfair it is for any movie to even be considered for nomination so like this year some of you guys might not have been keeping up with it but um there's this actress andrea uh risenborough risenberg risenborough something um who was nominated and it was kind of a shock because she was in a very 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 small independent film um that didn't have the marketing budget for the oscars because to even get your film submitted to like the oscar portal for like the people to watch it um you need to spend 25 or twenty thousand. i think it's twenty thousand dollars just to get it to the portal and then there's like all these other steps you have to fucking follow. So like if you are trying to um, have people do like the four year consideration campaign, that costs millions of dollars, things like that. Um, if you want to send emails to Academy members about your film, it's $2,000 to send one email. Jesus. And you can only send one email a week to the people to consider films. So, like, the Academy makes bank on getting films nominated. Also, they make bank from, like, I think it's Disney, right? Disney owns ABC, um, who broadcasts it. So, like, this is, like, a million-dollar thing. But, like, the whole discourse with Andrea uh, Riceborough is because they didn't have the money for it. Like she sort of went to like one of her actor friends um, who, Oh God, I'm blinking on her name, but she was like part of the West wing. And so then she started reaching out to her friends. So they had just like this almost like grassroots campaign. And so there was a lot of like actors going on Twitter and basically sort of copying, pasting the same sort of formulaic, like, this movie is amazing. Go watch to Leslie. Andrea Riseborough gives the best performance I've ever seen. Like, cut and paste, cut and paste. Um, but it worked. And she got nominated. And so now there's, like, 
the academy is sort of like having a little meltdown because they're like, oh, we can be subvertive. What the fuck? No, we have these rules you have to follow. So they have their shit all up in a twist Mm -hmm. because these people were like, we did grassroots. So fuck you. Um, But then it's also still like, it's one of those weird gray areas because since she was never nominated for anything else, like Golden Globe, SAG Award, nothing like this. People were like, the fuck? How are you going to yeah. skip all that and get nominated? Mm-hmm. But on one hand, you're mm-hmm. like, okay, cool. This is like super shiny film. Obviously, she did an amazing job in the acting category for this. Like, no one's saying she doesn't deserve it. Yeah. But it's also like, Again, every actress nominated with the exception of Michelle Yeoh <laughs> is white. And there were two other big frontrunners, Viola Davis and um, I am blanking on her name right now. I'm so, but I she was in the it. till. Oh. No, Angela Bassett got nominated, but she's supporting. Oh, okay. oh, oh, Emmett Till, the Emmett Till movie. Uh... Yeah, and I'm just blanking on the... Um, woman that played his mother. I know. You, um, I know you talked about she was in power. It's like something with a D. Oh, uh, D. Taraj P Henson or B. no? No, I'm gonna look it up because it's gonna bug me. Got it. Um, Danielle Deadweiler. I knew it was a D. Um, but anyway, so like people were like, "Well, what about that?" Like they were not clear front runners, but they both their names were in the hat, and I. And so it, like, again, brings up the discourse of Oscar so white, but also just, you know, like, how kind of unfair the system really is and how the Oscars really tries so hard to be like, no, we want this fair and balanced and, you know, no favoritism, but, like, it's all just political speak bullshit, you know? So, like actresses like Viola Davis (laughs) like do the work do what they're supposed to do and then get upset by like Anna de Armas like please don't take this as I hate Anna de Armas but like why the fuck is she getting nominated for Blonde Mm -hmm. that movie got fucking trashed Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's it's more political crap where I don't want yeah but I always had the, I don't know if it's still true. Those who won SAG awards are more, more, more likely the ones that are going to win, win Oscars. I don't know if that's still true or relevant anymore. The way how Oscar winners has been those last, what, 10 years? Yeah, I wonder if that's still accurate. Because you know I, mean? I would say the only person who's very accurate on that, Will Smith, but that was last year. Because he won the SAG and then he got the Oscar. And I guarantee you that's the last Oscar he's going to get for a while. Oh, he's banned. He's banned for life. Yeah. Which is like, that's just another thing that's so sad. Like, that whole situation, obviously, super fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Will Smith definitely should not have smacked. Um, Chris Rock. Chris Rock, but also Chris Rock 
shouldn't have been running his fucking mouth like that either. Like, it's a. I mean, you're you're right. The thing that I don't like about that whole situation is the fact that it's like, okay, I under I as much as I. The thing is, I like the idea of free free speech and comedy, but what that means is we have to defend it in all forms. Right. So it's like I don't agree with what he like the jokes he was making but regardless of the jokes that he was making he was a comedian doing a bit and that part was obvious and if the integrity of like comedians is going to be like threatened physically that's an issue no definitely definitely at least that's where i stand on that but i understand like i said i understand why other people have different opinions on it, and I do understand why, like, why people say, like, hey, he shouldn't have been saying that shit, and you're right, it's like, it's in poor taste, the joke was in poor taste, but again, it was also, like, literally, he's going after people, like, it's a, it's a joke about, like, at the Oscars, it's not the first time anybody's ever made fun of someone at the Oscars. Yeah. But it's... That, that whole situation yeah. is weird, because... <sighs> I don't think I've seen any interview Will explaining himself and why he did it. All the only thing he said he was like he remorseful for it and he apologized. He at least the given reason that he stated why he did it was he goes um, mainly obviously because he's like trying to defend Jada and stuff. But the but the other thing was he's like oh I just did this movie that had me playing like a very specific kind of father and this and that and I was still hung up in that kind of style of emotion. So he's blaming, like, his role on what he was, like, going through emotionally, even though the film was wrapped already and stuff. That that was the reason that he reacted the way he did. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's such a great situation, but I just feel like, obviously, like, making fun of women, because especially, like, black women have the higher percentage chance of having alopecia, and that's something they can't really control and so it's like make fun of actors for literally anything being actors make fun of of jada because she's on fucking facebook on was it red table round table whatever fucking shit yeah like make fun of her for continuing on the trend of nepotism literally anything just don't fuck with people's yeah like health issues and i do agree like i said the joke was in poor taste it shouldn't have been made about the health issues that i i do understand but also yeah it's literally my main thing about it is just the fact that it's like okay then jackasses everywhere are gonna think that they can go up on stage when they don't like a comedian and insult them no yeah definitely like punching not the option Unless they're a Nazi, okay? Yeah. Yo, literally. I don't even have to say and define what that is in today's modern society. Oof. Ugh. Ugh. I, that's not the point of tonight. Uh, it's just, yeah. Like, that's its own. That's its own trigger there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Anyway, that was a lovely little tangent we brought to you, courtesy of Black Old Tangents. Courtesy of Black. <laughs> Is there is there any other award shows that you guys actually care about right now other than the Oscars? No. The fucking Razzies. 
<laughs> I actually have never watched the Razzies or anything. Uh, no. I have not watched an award show since I was 18. Yeah, yeah. but literally, like, no other award shows. Um, like, interest you? Right? I was trying to think. I'm like, oh my, I mean... What was the one that used to do, like, they would give out the fucking surfboards? What was that one? Oh, uh, Teen Choice Awards? Yes. I think so, yeah. Oof. I remember growing up as a kid actually watching the Nickelodeon, like, Kids' Choice Awards and actually going online and voting. Mm, mm-hmm. I remember doing that. Not, the, not all the time, but I think the last one I cared about, quote-unquote, was when, like, Christina Aguilera was performing. Damn. Oh, my God. It was her. I just re- I just viscerally remembered it. It was, like, her right when, um... Oh, what's that song that she goes... Like, that one? Oh, my God. I don't even remember the name of the song. But it was when I'm that one... I'm so sorry, because... Because my brain just immediately went to Michael Jackson when you did that. Tina Turner like, for me. <laughs> was it? It's like, if I could escape, escape. And no, na, 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 na. Like, I, I remember the, the, like, the actual kind of, like, m- music of it, musicality of it. But I don't remember the song name. And that's when that was popular. So I don't even remember when that is. But that would date. What kids' choice of words I'm talking about? Wow. Um. Was it one? Oh my god! What was? Because she did some song for that shitty movie she did. Oh my god. Burlesque. I think that was the name of the movie. It might have been around that time. Which is a, yeah. it's a very bad movie. It's a bad movie, everybody. Which would be really weird if it was for the Kids' Choice Awards. Teen Choice Awards. I don't think it was the Nickelodeon Kids. No, I'm talking about the Kids' Choice Awards. Oh, because the Kids' Choice was the one that had, they would have those, it was the Orange Blimps were those awards. Yeah, yeah it was the Orange Blimps. I do okay, remember. yeah. I just can't remember what song it is. I don't even, I don't think those awards still happen. Right? Those stopped a long time ago. Them. Yeah. What awards? Um, like the Nick Looting ones. Oh, my God. oh no. I'm, yeah, they, they, um, it was so last dumb. year. I'm so dumb. I am so dumb. It's not Christina Aguilera. It's Gwen Stefani, The Sweet Escape. Oh. Oh, with Akon. The... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that was 2009 then. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> if I could oh, escape. God. Yeah, no. Goddamn. Wow. Okay, well, I, I mean... myself for that reference. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna break my first... Solid time. Um. But I think, like, just because, like, how... I guess to get back on topic. Um, on topic. I think how people are so dissatisfied with... Um, the Oscars and award shows is because, yeah, they just sort of recognize that it's all bullshit. Like, it's not really about the talent anymore. It's about, one, how much money you can throw at the voters to sway their votes. Um, 
And also just, I think because so many people now like work at jobs where they see people that are like commended for working hard, but you're just like, oh, it's just because you're a kiss ass. Like, you know how to network. Yeah. And just because you know how to network, people think you're a good worker. Yep. And that's basically the same thing that the Oscars and really any award show is. Yep. Is just knowing how to fucking network. Even with, yeah, the whole two Leslie thing, because she and the director of that movie fucking networked their connections, which I mean, like, on one hand, like, good for you, circumvent the Academy because they're bullshit. But also on the other hand, it's like, ugh. It's just again. It's just that weird situation because then you got all these other people that are like, following the rules and not getting nominated probably because of their skin tone because Oscar's always so white. <clears throat> well, except for the time that Ben Stiller dressed up like a Navi. That was hilarious. Oh my god. You know, I still vividly remember watching that scene and because the secondhand embarrassment was so bad from that bit because it was supposed to be like him and someone else but they backed out and yeah, so it's just him by himself and he is trying to do jokes and he's failing miserably because like no matter what you guys say Ben Stiller is not funny yeah he can do comedy but he himself cannot make jokes. Yeah, it's like he can perform what very talented writers make. Yes. And it always cracks me up because he tried so hard to follow in his dad's footsteps by being a comedian when he first started. Yeah. And he failed miserably at it because everyone was like, you are not funny. And then he turned to acting. He's a very good actor. He's a fine actor. Okay. An actor. Favorite movie, Travel he's, Thunder. He's fine. Why is it? Why is it always that? That's the first one I think about now when I think about Ben Stiller. Like it should be Meet the Fockers. It should be like so many other ones. That's like, because <laughs> Tropic Thunder was the last big movie he had, like truly big movie. Dodgeball. He had. Before no, that. Tropic was after that. Dodgeball did wait, didn't Dodgeball come out before Tropic Thunder? It came out before, yeah. Okay. That's what I mean. So, so like Yeah, he said Tropic Thunder was after. Oh okay, okay, sorry. Miss misheard, misheard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and so like that's just the last like quote unquote good movie <laughs> that people have the memory of. Rewatching it, I'm like, this very much is in the 2000s, and I think we'll stay in the 2000s. This movie will not be timeless. <laughs> is it, isn't, it, uh, isn't it supposedly uh, uh, Tom Cruise that wants to come back for a second one? Not for the recent episode, not the recent interview he just did. Oh, really? I didn't yeah. see the recent. He was on Jimmy Kimmel, and he's like, 
he said what Benny said, but in a polite manner. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. Because I did recently hear that Ben Stiller like redefended the movie and being like, I'm proud of it. Yeah. That would make sense if that came out after that, like, that <laughs> Tom Cruise interview. So it's like, yeah, it's like Benny said, it's a 2000, a 2000 movie that will stay as a 2000s movie. Bro, uh, you know how I, who I haven't seen that in since the 2000s that was in that movie? Whatever happened to Steve Coogan? Oh my god, right? Right? I I used to I remember it was like, oh yeah, wasn't he with Jackie Chan in that like Around the World in 80 movie in 80 Days movie? Oh yeah, wasn't he in Percy Jackson in the Olympians? Oh yeah, wasn't he in Tropic Thunder? Where the fuck is he now? Doing a lot of BBC stuff. Oh, that makes sense. What went back to the BBC? I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I'm, I'm also, um, I have not heard of anything he's done in a while. It just uh, again cracks me up because this is also another um, problem. I guess we'll say that the academy has is again remembering that. Um, Robert Downey Jr. was nominated for an Oscar for that performance in Tropic Thunder. He was. All right, I I, I think I'll say this because he was. I have no problems with that character from Tropic Thunder. I don't. Me personally, I don't. And there's a lot of people that agree with you because it's like the whole bit. That whole part of the movie is the absurdity of having a white person play a black person on football. You could have just got someone black to play that character. And he went all that length just to make a point. And I was like... No, we we understand the satire of I, it. I know, I'm just saying. I was like, I'm just saying, for me personally, I get it. Because I know if I show my militant-ass cousin, he's like, man, fuck Robert Downey Jr. I'm glad Iron Man's dead. Like, really? For a movie from the 2000s? You, you still on that? You know, quite honestly, like I, I think it's funny, and I, I should, I know I shouldn't think it's funny. I do think it's funny. Uh, however, the the other thing in my brain has just always been like, you know, I guess he got the official pass that one time, and it's a movie that's that would never get made past twenty sixteen. Yep. Like, yeah. If they ever tried a movie like that again, it straight up would not get made anymore. Not, not. Not because it wouldn't be like a quote unquote funny concept, but like it's literally no studio is going to want to work with that anymore. I feel like me and Benny talked about this before because we was I think we referenced um, there was a movie that came out in the 80s. Uh, what was that actor? Um, oh, my God, I forgot his name. He did the movie <laughs> in blackface. Just See to- Thomas Al. Yeah. And then I brought up on the comic book to site. get to get into. Uh, I think he was trying to get into college because I think oh he got. Oh my god! Rejected. I did hear about that one. Yeah. Oh my god! I do remember that. And yeah. Then, and then I pulled up on the comic book side of things back in the um, I want to say late sixties, early seventies. Lois Lane got herself Superman turned Lois black, so she could understand the black perspective in the hood of Metro- Metropolis. Wasn't there? Wasn't there like Jesus Christ? Was that? Wasn't there's there also, like, there's been actor so many played like a Chinese guy in like the eighties. Breakfast, uh, breakfast for Tiffany's, um, Mickey Rooney. Uh, no, but it's um, 
No, that's it. That's from the sixties. Um, uh, so this one is um, it's from um. Oh God, what is it? It's not. It's not batteries. Not include a uh, short circuit. Oh, and that dude. The actor plays. I remember uh, that in short circuit. What? He plays Southeast Asian, but he's he's white. I can't remember his name right now. It's some. It's like right there on the tip of my tongue. Um. Uh, what is his name? Fisher Stevens. Um. So Fisher Stevens is as white as they come. Um. If uh, I'm trying to think of like other things he's done, um, like I don't remember anything from. He was in. He was the bad guy in Hackers. Um, he's mostly done a lot of like producing, uh, movies, uh, recently. But anyway, in the 80s and 90s, he was an actor, and yeah, he he did uh, Southeast Asian. Yo, that dude was white the whole time. Yep. Yep. I grew up with this movie, bro. Oh, shit. Right? Yeah. Oh, That's, fuck. Like, I grew up I, watching fucking Steve Gutenberg. Yeah, like, that is still, like, the level I felt, especially, like, again, I know I've touched on this before, but, like, knowing that Vasquez from Aliens was not played by a Mexican. Yeah. She was played by a white bitch. Yep. Yep. Didn't they make what's her name play a half Asian woman in Battle of the Sexes? Oh, they doubled down. The actress who played Vasquez in uh, Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah, oh, don't get start. Emma Stone, that. yeah, in Aloha, she, she played. Uh, woman. Yeah, she played like half. Um, half Asian, half white. Was she supposed to be half Hawaiian or just yeah. half Japanese? I think it is half half half. I think it's both. That's the mm. I think that's the thing. It's like half Japanese, mm. half uh, mm-hmm. Hawaiian. Uh, funny tidbit: the actress who play, the the actress who played Vasquez in Alien uh, went on to do Star Trek to once again play a Latin character, knowing full well she's not Latin. Ugh. Yeah. Um. So anyway, <laughs> brown brown face. Um. Yellow face, black face, um, other other race face, other race face <laughs> is is an issue in Hollywood, and Hollywood has repeatedly awarded people for that. Like um, even with Mickey Rooney, they wanted to talk like Oscar talk and shit for that in Breakfast at Tiffany's. Um, literally, people have been nominated and won awards. Um, Oh, we're gonna. Uh, should we skip? That? Like, Sorry. it's terrible. But even like, I mean, barely what ten years ago, uh, you know, Cloud Atlas, um, had that whole controversy where the cast played the same, yeah, people, but like, they get the yellow face in that movie. Yeah, I, I skipped that one, so I haven't seen it. It's not great. Yeah. Not great. And this is why I'm just like, like, again, no diss to the Wachowski. Is it Wachowski? Wachowski's uh, sisters. I always say Wachowski sisters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, no diss to them, but 
Like, for a while, it was just the Wachowskis, right? Yeah. In my opinion, they haven't made a good movie in, like, 15 years. When was Probably Matrix more than 1? that. Yeah. I, 24 I was, years ago. I would give Speed Racer... I, would, I enjoyed Speed Racer. Speed Racer was good. I do forget Speed, that was Speed Racer I, was enjoyable. Um, it. it was very stylized, but I liked it. And Jupiter Rising... Ascending. Ascending? Whatever. Um, the only thing I remember from Jupiter Ascending was Eddie Redmayne talking like this. He literally was the only person in that movie that knew they were making a bad movie. Yeah, he was the only one that was like, "Look, I mean, I'll probably even give like Sean Bean. Sean Bean probably knew he was making a bad movie, but Sean Bean's like, I'm getting paid for this, so y'all getting the best of Sean Bean." Um. The only, thing I remember for, the only thing I remember for that movie is Mila Kunis. Sean Bean? Are, I don't remember Sean Bean in that. Are you thinking of I Am Number Four? Sean Bean was in Jupiter Ascending. He was, he was um, uh, what's his face's, like, mentor dude. Channing Tatum? Yes. Boom! Am I confusing movies? Who was the one in I Am Number Four then? Timothy Oliphant. Oh, that's who I'm confusing him with. Timmy Oliphant's. I'm sorry, you were confusing Sean Bean and Timothy Oliphant? These are both movies that I watched in the early thousands that had generic white guy mentors that are scruffy and in their mid fifties. Yo, here's here's the crazy part. Here's the crazy part about that. Yes, Timothy Oliphant is a scruffy looking white dude, but surprisingly he's Hawaiian. I mean, there are a lot of white people that are born in Hawaii. I know. That's yeah, colonization. Know. True. That is okay. that's, that's, that's definitely true. Colonizers. Yeah, I keep forgetting about that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's like being like, ah, I'm Latin from current Puerto Rico. No, yeah. Right. That's like, oh, well, you know, technically Elon Musk is African. Yeah. He is. So he that's. African? I thought he was South African. Technically. He is from South Africa. Yeah. yeah. There's white people in South Africa. Yeah, because again, colonization. Well, colonizers and Nazis. Yeah. Well, not all Nazis, but and, I mean, a lot of Germans went to Africa. That's not the point of this. Mm-hmm. We're gonna talk about movies, which we are technically Yo, doing. We, we technically are talking you about movies. Have gone I can't believe we're also intermixed. That like everybody's just everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because this is gonna happen. That's where we're going. Yeah. Oh yeah. Who cares? Let me like, let the let the world populate. You know, free love, everybody. Exactly. Hey, you know I'm a proponent of free love. But um, haha, I'm a whore. <laughs> free yeah. platonic love for me, guys. Yeah, you know, raise that, raise that flag. <laughs> um, but anyway, that's our rant on the oscars uh they are rather pointless um they don't quite have the same oomph they had before though you know i did find out something hilarious because i was doing a little bit of research um before this so one it cost them um this was a few years ago so it might be a little bit more money now but it cost them about four hundred dollars to 
make an Oscar. But the Academy, since 1951, has said that you cannot resell uh, or donate like your Oscar without first offering to sell it to the Academy for $1. Oh, so oh. literally the Academy is marketing these as only worth $1. What actor, okay, for a guesstimate, for a bit theory, what actor do you think would be like, all right, fine, you're taking it back. I don't want it anyway. Will? Well, we already have <laughs> one actor that did refuse it, and that was... Um, um god damn it why am i blinking on his name um russell brand no it was in the (laughs) 70s it was actually 50 years ago it's been the 50th anniversary um oh god i almost had it (sighs) he's in the godfather he's the godfather oh Oh. um oh fuck um not marlon brando wait yeah marlon it is marlon brando yes thank you um he refused his uh best actor uh, Oscar, and uh, had a Native American woman uh, oh, go up yeah. on his behalf to refuse the Oscar and basically call the Oscars bullshit, which was like fucking baller shit to do there in the seventies. You're telling um, me that they gave him an offer that he could refuse. <laughs> Beautiful. Thank you. Mwah. Um, um, since we're still on the topic of movies, there was a trailer. A twenty four be busting out some good dramas. Yes, and there was a trailer I saw today called "Past Life" by uh, Celine Song about um, two young kids from Korea. Like they, there was like childhood sweethearts, but she came to America. The, the girl comes to America, and she's already married. And the young man comes to visit, and is like. All right, this woman's married. Like, where is this movie going? But I'm like, I'm enthralled. The trailer fucking got me. I'm like, oh shit, I'm enthralled. I need to watch this fucking movie. Like, it's just it's, just look for the trailer. Past lives. It looks really fucking okay. Dope. So is it like star-crossed lover type thing, or like, oh, what if we did things differently? Time travel, make different choice type thing. Like, always it, be my baby. It's it's definitely a drama. But he the on the when he gets like towards the end of the trailer that the the man is making um that type of those type of questions of like if you would have stayed would we be together would we be married would we have kids by now? Oh but, my god! So they're taking like that one scene from everywhere, everything everywhere all at once, and just making it into a movie. Okay, cool, cool. I cool. I need to sit down and watch that movie. A movie is amazing, and again, like. I know I went on this huge tangent in a whole episode about how the Oscars are bullshit, but like in this case, I'm like, I swear to God, if that movie doesn't win all the fucking Oscars, punch shit. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see Michelle Yeoh get that Oscar. I want to see. It's like that weird dichotomy, you know, where you're just like, man, yeah, it's bullshit. But then if like someone who like you think really deserves it, like I definitely think Brendan Fraser. Deserves it. Kihi Kwan absolutely mm-hmm. deserves it. Michelle Yeoh, yes, like, yes, yes, yes. Um, and so it's always gratifying 
to see them win. Because, like, even a few years ago when Olivia Coleman won, even though she wasn't considered the front runner, like, everyone thought Glenn Close was going to win. And so I was a little sad Glenn Close didn't win because she fucking deserves an Oscar. <laughs> She's put in the time. Um, but, like, Olivia Coleman also was, she fucking killed it in The Favorite. She was amazing. Um, and that movie is so batshit amazing. But I think that's the other thing is like it always feels like the Oscars realize when they fuck up. So like they'll award an Oscar to Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman because they're like, yeah, we really should have given it to you for The Godfather or The Godfather Part (laughs) 2 or fucking Serpico or like, you know, what other movies he's been nominated for. But then when they give it to him for son of a woman, that means they're pushing out Denzel Washington for Malcolm X, who clearly should have won for that performance. And so then fucking Denzel Washington has to win for training day, which like, don't get me wrong, training day. Awesome. Um, but like, it's just weird where you're like, you win awards for movies i feel like you shouldn't have won them for just my personal opinion please don't come at me um i i would have given anything if they gave denzel an oscar i'm sorry not uh like an al pacino an oscar for jack and jill oh my god for that fucking duncan duncachino oh my god if they had given it to him for duncachino i would have laughed my collective ass off that's what he, yeah, because I just thought about it. Him and Robert De Niro didn't win for Heat for that just for that one fucking scene in Heat between that the exchange between them two. I just remember that. Yeah, which I always love because they literally were not in the same room; they were on opposite sides of the country filming that scene, wow. and it's spliced together in such a way to make it look like they're together. But that's why you never see anybody walking behind them across the room Mm -hmm. because there's that little like invisible dividing line in the table because they just blaze together. (laughs) Literally the only time they were ever face to face was there at the end after that airport chase. Damn. Movies be wild when they like actually have to record shit like that. Yep. Like see I just love all the tribute because even then like in heat so like when they're having the shootout downtown, that's like the actual sounds that they made downtown. And like, they had to let the cops know that they were filming downtown and close all these areas. But still the cops got like a bunch of calls from people being like, there's a firefight going on downtown because people are like hearing the shootout and being like, bitch, what's going on? It was so, that shootout was so accurate. Um, Val Kilmer's scene a couple of military people said him exchanging that magazine is how soldiers exchange the magazine on the fl- on the go. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. That movie, yeah. that movie was wild. Uh, it's uh, like when Hollywood does it right. Which isn't that often. It no. is not that often. No. We need to cherish it while we can. Yeah. You know, we should be proud of ourselves. We went the whole episode without talking about the end. Well, no. I actually name-dropped Iron Man. Never mind. I mean, yeah, I was like, what? talking about it. Yeah, I still name-dropped Iron Man. I was like, we went the whole episode without talking about a comic book movie. Which I'm proud of myself. Oh. 
Well, it's you know, the comic book movie is the reason why the Academy expanded out their fucking Best Picture nominees because everyone got pissed that The Dark Knight didn't get I, nominated. We, I mean, uh, and because of that, we have fucking shit like Way of the Water and Maverick nominated for Best Picture. Like, don't get me wrong, Maverick is a fucking good time, but it is literally the first Top Gun movie verbatim. Yeah. It is the first Top Gun movie, but just in modern times to recapture a new set of Jim Bros. Yeah. 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 Um, and people don't realize they're gay. Absolutely no <laughs> way did that or Avatar need to be nominated. But again, here we are. Because they got the money to throw it at the Academy. I, I will say, when I get it giving. Um, Heath Ledger, the the war post humorously. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the only person I'm a comic book fan who don't really care if you get if they get nominated for Oscar or not. Because I'm like, it's I agree with Scorsese. These are amusement park movies. Why are we why we have to treat them like they're on the level of films that are being nominated for Oscars and shit? Well, see, because that's just classes bullshit. True. Agreeing with that, they shouldn't be considered that. Everyone, please mark down on your calendars. Desmond Desi is dead. Robinson has agreed with a rich white man. That will be February twenty eighth, twenty twenty three, at eight eleven p.m. For but yeah, it's just it's classes stuff. It's it's gatekeeper stuff trying to say that like mm, we need some class in here also is based in racism as well because like so many of the black movies made back in the day were considered inferior movies to the other ones that's why they were never nominated so it's just to say disparaging things like that is um in my humble opinion mm. bullshit because it again just it's just classes it makes people feel like oh okay i'm just stupid cool whatever i'm not going to pay attention to any movies it's not bringing more people to the table it's the rich one percent trying to hold on to their their power mm-hmm. like is dumb because yeah like with that powerhouse of a performance fucking um god damn it why do the names keep leaving me angela, angela bassett. bassett did and black panther 2 Never seen it like absolutely should be nominated for an oscar because she fucking ate that role up I'll watch it eventually. And to be like, mm, no, she shouldn't be nominated because it's a comic book movie is just stupid. Like, if you're doing the work, and if you've made a great film, you should be rewarded and recognized for it. Okay. I haven't seen it, but I'll get to it. Like all the rest of the movies. I mean, I'm not here saying like, yeah, fucking Morbius. Why is it not Morbin time at the Oscars? Because that was a trash movie that shouldn't be nominated. Why isn't it Morbin time? I need to know. I need to know this, please. Did he really say it was Morbin time in that fucking movie? No. 
No, that was the that's just the, the internet. Joke. Okay, that's the joke that yeah. one everybody was saying of like, oh hey, I can't be-, like because nobody watched it. Everybody on Tumblr was making the joke of like, oh my god, I can't believe when he said Morbin time, and everyone was just like, yeah, isn't it crazy? Also, when he got like on a motorcycle, like the whole joke is that nobody saw it, so you can say whatever the fuck you want about what happened in the movie. Okay. Yeah. I was like, and then it started that whole social media thing, and Sony was stupid enough to believe that people actually wanted it to go back in theaters. Yo, let let pe- let the fucking record show that the online community gaslit an entire fucking studio into thinking they wanted a movie again so hard that they put it back in theaters only to let it bomb a second time. That shit is gold. Best I... gatekeep of that boss. I don't know. Trying to think uh, of what I, I could say for gaslighting, but gaslighting a multi-million dollar studio to lose money a second time, absolutely. Yes, that kind of anarchy I love. Yep. Uh, this one, like, Sony is holding on to this Spider-Man property so fucking hard. They they're just pulling fucking flies from dead fucking carcasses to hold that shit. Um, like, that's they, what I'm saying. They are failing so hard. That it's not going to be that much longer before they either ink out like a better deal with Marvel. Oh, they re- um, recently, uh, apparently they did recently because Kevin Feige just confirmed Spider-Man 4 is on lock. And we'll be, mm. see- we'll be seeing Tom Holland as Spider-Man soon. Poor Tom Holland, man. He wanted to get out of the series and then they're just like, well, you know, the at the same time. I, I say poor Tom Holland, but I think it's also part of, like, literally his career strategy based off of, like, the fact that he's kind of doing what Robert Downey Jr. did. And then there's reason to believe that, like, oh, yeah, like, if he's mentoring him through Hollywood, this actually kind of makes sense. Yeah. Then the fact that you're leaving and then, like, have the, like, look at what Tom Holland is doing with Spider-Man and look at the early days of Iron Man and the career moves are very similar. Yeah. But also, I've noticed Tom Holland been doing, like, yeah, some hasn't land, some hit, but he's doing other things outside of um, Spider-Man. Yeah, so did Robert Downey Jr., like Sherlock Holmes, and fucking, what's that movie he did with Zach Galifianakis? That all came out during the Marvel time. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but there was one movie I did see that had me going, what the fuck? And you, we both commented on it in the, in the Discord chat. The Menu. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, mm-hmm. The Menu. The Menu was so good. So good. The fuck like... I, what I took from was the social commentary of it. No, for real. Like, there's, I saw a breakdown that someone had written about it that I thought was interesting, talking about how, like, all the guests represent the different seven deadly sins and how, like, poetic in that way the, the movie was set up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, you can look yep. at every one of the characters and they all connect to a specific sin, and the only reason that... I mean, spoiler alert, the one person survives. I'll just say that. Um, like, that in, that that whole exchange of, of that person interacting with, um, what's his name, the chef guy? I, I forget his Ray name. Ray Fiennes. No, I mean the actor, the, the, the character name. It's Ray Fiennes. But, um, yeah. like, the fact that she is the only one that hasn't committed those sins in his eyes and kind of a thing. And, like, it's a... It's a very interesting movie to dive into the meaning of. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, again, like, mm-hmm. 
the perfection of like filming it like one of those fucking like fancy ass TV shows with like the name of the dish and then like the fancy picture of the dish as it's like moving over like just oh it was just yes it was so good and it's again it's one of those movies where it's like i don't really know where this is going and i love it um those are the kind of suspense movies that i actually like yeah because it's suspense of like what makes sense in as far as the narrative not just suspense of like oh shit is this person gonna kill someone it's like no I'd say this is one of those movies where you can absolutely tell the telegraphing is like people are going to die. But Mm -hmm. it's all about the execution of how that's done that makes it so interesting to me. I was... It it just threw... I was like, holy fucking shit. But (laughs) is it wrong that one of the fucking dude bros gone quicker? Oh, you mean Nicholas Holt's character? No, not Nicholas Holt. The three fucking uh, accountants. Oh, the oh, finance yeah. bros. The finance bros. Those hit them three and Nicholas Holt pissed me the fuck off. I was like, Honestly, like it's not I'm John really, Leguizamo. It's you, mother four motherfuckers. I really like how they ended things with Nicholas Holt's character. I was like, that's perfect poetic justice. His yeah, his was great because just showcasing like again, like he can talk the talk, but like yeah, can't walk, can't walk, can't walk the walk. No matter how many fancy fucking things you buy, if you don't know how to cook, like... Yeah. But I just... My... One of my favorite fucking moments in that is, like, towards the end, where, you know, um... John Leguizamo's, like, assistant is like, oh, can can I go, too? It's like, oh, what college did you go to? She's like, Brown. And he's like, did you have, do you have student loans? She's like, no. He's like, you die. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's like, fucked you up. No, no, you die. Yeah, that shit was so good. <laughs> it's like, like, you're not, oh. you're not, you're not fucking, you're not fucking perfect here. If you have, if you don't have student loans. Yeah, like I was like, oh, thank you, fucking thank you. I was, I, I really hate how American it made me feel. That the simplicity of that cheeseburger made me actually like happy. Oh my god! Right and like, oh. Again, I love when movies get the culinary world right. Mm-hmm. And so, like, this one showcasing, like, how the kitchen works, how people have their stations, but yeah. also even just showing just that perfect fucking cheeseburger. And I was like, look at those slices of onion he's putting on the burger. Yep, oh, yep, 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 yep. It was like, this but, is a man, and then he smashes the burger, and it's like, yes! oh, who knows his way around a fucking Yes! Burger. So, like, this one, fucking um, Chef, yeah. which was another movie that had John Leguizamo in it, is another, like, beautiful film about food uh, and the wonders of food. Um, it also has, um, oh, God, what's his name? John, John... Favreau. Yes. Thank you. Um, the the actress who I was like, I know she looks familiar. She looks fucking familiar. Amy Carrero, who was one dude. You go to Brown. She was in a couple of things I remember. She's the voice of Princess Shira in the Netflix series Princess Sh- um, Shira and the Princesses of Flower. Nice. She's I still need to finish that. She's on Critical Role two times for two different role plays. 
and a show that my brother used to watch when he was in high school called Level Up that was on Cartoon Network. Directed, created, and written by Alex Winter of One Wild Stallions. Yo, why does that sound familiar? Level Up sounds familiar. I was like, holy fucking shit. I remember this action. Why does that sound familiar? I'm looking at it. Oh, no, never mind. Because it has the dude from The Boys in the show also. The one who was the speedster. Who is the speedster in The Boys? (laughs) That's funny. Like, a Cartoon Network show. Jesse T. Usher is the actor's name. Yep. I was like, holy shit. I was like, well, you know, you're about to die. No student loans. Bye-bye. Bruh, bruh. The only thing that burger was missing was the brown paper bag with the grease stains. Oh my god, yes. But I loved, like, at the end where she's using the actual menu to wipe her mouth. I'm like, yes. Like... Uh, what was it? I think I think in that same like like breakdown that I that I read, they were making a case for Nicholas Holt's character being the representation of gluttony. Mm-hmm. Like not just because of the way that he ate, but like the way that it's like he's trying to take in everything at once so much so that he's blind to what's in front of him because he's just concerned with the consuming, which also plays into like how he treats like his dates his date and all that kind of stuff it's, yeah it's a really good breakdown i should put that in the chat if i find it again. yeah you should because you talk talk because talking about it i can see it yeah right because yeah as soon as he said seven deadly sense i'm like oh that makes so much sense mm-hmm. like, like when i read that at first i was like why is he gluttony and then it and then it like all makes sense yeah i think um i'm trying to remember who the other ones were uh what is it the 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 food critic character her mm-hmm. I, I think they made a case for her she was envy oh yeah like coveting what other people have but also trying to like make it seem as though she is above other people and things yep yeah um the the mother was the representation of sloth oh god yeah because she was pretty much uh just gone liquored up the whole time beyond just that surface part it's supposed to quote-unquote represent how like indecision and inaction can create uh uh evil results even though like indecisiveness in and of itself is in action and it is generally a negative one Mm. see here all i'm saying is i feel like the menu could have been nominated for best picture over way of water. Yeah, I think it could have. Yeah. I think yeah, looking in hindsight, I would have much made I would have made a much larger case for the menu over the way of water. Yeah. yeah. But, I well, can save you some time. the way of water downstream next. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good way to end this episode. That movie is up the creek. Without the no battle. battle. Jinx. I do not see you, Jake Sully. You know, Without a Paddle was a weird movie. It was a weird movie. <laughs> it was a very weird movie. It, it, it makes me miss Matthew Lillard. He's still out there. I know, but like... 
you want to see? So what has he been doing? Um, he did this awesome show um, with um, Retta. Um, oh my God, the actress who was on Mad Men, Redhead. What's her name? Oh fuck. Um, um, Chris- um, Christina Hendricks. Yes, and the voice of Katara from Avatar. I'll be honest. I I I really had to suppress myself there for a second and not call her Tits McGee. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I you know, know that's not- you know what? I, I my mind went there too. You're not the only one. My, my mind went yeah, there too. Like, I, I know she has an actual name, and she, and I try to use her name as much as possible because it's it's the correct thing to do, and it, that's maybe about as based as I get. But for some reason, it's specifically her, and I'm so sorry. It's not that that's her personality. It's that they walk in a room a minute before she does. You know what I mean? Like. You don't have to explain yourself. Yeah. My mind was Yeah. There. I still remember her as Saffron from Firefly. Oh, my my mind was already there. Let's not keep it no. there. But I, also, I he, always... Matthew Lillard, he was in that show with them three. Um, of, um, wives trying to better themselves by bank robbing and money laundering. Oh, yeah. I heard about that one. Uh, I think it was called Good Girls. Yeah. And then he's going to be oh, seen up next in Five Night at Freddy's. Uh, oh, shit, that's right. I remember reading that. Is he supposed to be the guard that leaves you there? <laughs> no, I think, isn't he voicing one of the animatronics? He's going to be the creator of that children's play, play, play um, their variation of Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Do, oh, my God. Okay, I swear this is related, and it's only because it's been a big meme in my head recently. Do you, either of you care anything about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I know I no. no. So the like, it's fine. You don't have to know much about it, but just in general, the new the new current manga just started. So it's the ninth part. So like the ninth JoJo that exists, and it's the it's set in current times. So it's set in twenty twenty two in Hawaii. And the new JoJo right now is canonically 15, which means the whole, like, community is making jokes that he is a fucking Fortnite kid and shit, because that would mean that he was born in, like, 2007 or some shit. Mm-hmm. And the the main, like, meme that's been constantly going through my head is the new JoJo be the kind of kid that knows the entire uh, Five Nights at Freddy's lore. And was, like, the one that grew up with all of that shit. And I'm just like, God damn it! every single meme about it has been about this JoJo's now, like, being the one that's constantly on Twitch, like, talking about Five Nights at Freddy's. God damn it. Wow. That's my weird rant, I'm sorry. That's okay. Love it. We love you that you love JoJo's. It's it's okay. It's a very recent thing, but it's one of those things where, like, you know when a piece of media is like, holy shit, where has this been my whole life? And this is absolutely the kind of thing I like. Yeah. And it's good, and it's like part, like, it's a formative one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a core memory. It's like, there was, there was the time in my life before I knew what JoJo's was. That's where it's at, and I fucking hate that. It's so much so that it is literally... 90% of the entire, like, fucking thing that spurred me to make the, the side quest, the 
the Southwest side quest thing that we did. Oh. Okay. Oh. 90% of all the inspiration of me writing that was because I had just finished reading part sevens of JoJo's and being like, this is amazing. Wow. Alexa, oh. Alexa yelling at you. And with that, <laughs> with that, party people, thank you for listening to this episode of Space Idol Collective Podcast. We've still been recording? Yes! I, I thought you already ended it! <laughs> I've been trying! I've been trying! Well, thank you for joining us on this Oscars episode and Black Hole Tangent um, Diversion. I can't believe I just ended the episode like that. <laughs> I no. mean, I can. Not to be. I, I don't mean any diss. It's beautiful. Oh, thanks. Bye.